One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well, Unfiltered, mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, Canopy is dermatologist-recommended. This unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free, installation's a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement. Go to Canopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, Gore listeners can use our code ROSES at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. Creams and serums are made of 70% water, 15% preservatives and emulsifiers, leaving only around 15% for the active ingredients that your skin needs. But luckily now, there's fiber skincare. 15 years ago, the scientists behind fiber skincare started working on nanofibers, which are 500 times smaller than human hair. You know, I I saw that in um, Three Body Problem. Mm. One year ago, they patented a way of wrapping the nanofiber around oil or liquid-based ingredients. This means they can deliver five times the active ingredients compared to creams or serums, as there is no need for water, preservatives, or emulsifiers. The first formulation made with this technology is plant-based, anti-wrinkle. It's a set of patches that you use over a series of seven days. You just put these on whenever you would apply your serums and your skin is going to feel tighter in 10 seconds. And over the seven-day program, it has been clinically proven to reduce wrinkles by, get this, 19.4%, a very precise percentage. In fact... Mm. They have a tighter skin guarantee. If your skin isn't tighter in seven days, they're going to give you your money back. No questions asked. You get the tighter skin guarantee with this seven-day routine. Tighter skin or your money back. Get a 15% discount code by using the discount code GAME. That's Fiber Skincare. It's the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. Yeah, so I mean, I definitely think that was the right step for Chris to take a step back for now. Um, and even going forward, I, I honestly don't know how this will all shake out. But for myself, for example, if um, they have future shows and if they were to ask me to be like on Bachelor in Paradise or something like that, and, and I'm sure a lot of the other contestants feel this way as well, I wouldn't feel comfortable if Chris is there, uh, to be quite frank. Um, 
not saying he can't make a recovery, can't learn from all of this, but um, you know, for that to be, it would just be too soon, really. So um, I think he just needs to take some time, um, really look into himself, and, and really just have a lot of tough conversations and understand why he believes the things he believes at this point in his life. Welcome to Game of Roses. This is Pace Case. This is Bachelor Clues, and you are joining us for this week in Bachelor Nation on Thursday, February 25th. And you know what we do in these Thursday episodes. We are going to dive deep into the pit at some point in this episode and scream into one another's faces about how our fandom and coverage of this show has affected our lives drastically. We are going to tell you about all the parasocial plays of the week, who's making the big moves on their social media accounts, getting those followers, moving into careers as spawn con influencers post-game. We are going to tell you about all the Bachelor Nation news that's fit to print, and this week there are some doozies of stories, so get ready for those. We, of course, are going to tell you about all the gains that the players this season are experiencing on their social media accounts as the result of the plays they're making. But before we get into any of that, we like to start these Thursday episodes with a segment where we talk about something that is happening in the broader scope of news and the world and then tell you how that is related specifically to Bachelor Nation. This is a segment that we call Game of Roses. State of the World. Pace case. Clues. Do you have any NFTs? Well, I just learned what an NFT is, but <laughs> yes, I do. I think. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this segment, I mean, it might need to be a little explained like I'm five, but an NFT is a non-fungible token. It is a digital asset that represents a wide range of unique, tangible, and intangible items from collectible sports cards to virtual real estate and even digital sneakers. So here's my guess at the NFTs I have. I, like many very cool people that I know, my peers, have been playing a game on my phone called Pokemon Go since its inception. I was addicted to it for some time. I have a lot of sparkly, shiny, special Pokemon from it. Yeah, those aren't exactly NFTs, but it's a similar psychological property, for sure, in this idea of collecting these rare things. NFTs are basically digital art. So you can make a meme, you can make a GIF, you can make any little digital thing, and then you can turn that into an NFT so that it has a single digital copy of the original, or you can print them in series, whatever, then people will buy those for money. They go into a blockchain ledger so that their authenticity is always airtight and you can tell who created them, where they came from, and you can see even the entire history of purchases of this item when it's changed ownership. Mm -hmm. So that's the true, that's the true value of it, right? Is that you can verify that it's an original unlike other different types of art where it might be more difficult exactly and there is no physical piece of art there is no painting there is no print it is just this file but the news that we want to talk about regarding nft this week has to do with an auction that is about to happen 
starting today, and it will run for two weeks. It is at the world-renowned Christie's Auction House, and there is a digital artist named Beeple Crap. You can go check out his Instagram. He has 1.8 million followers, and for the first time in history, Christie's is going to auction an NFT made by Beeple Crap that contains all of the images he's done over the past, I believe, five years in one NFT. He does these very cool kind of like political commentary uh, 3D images. And he has already sold some NFTs earlier, or I think it was in December of last year, for millions of dollars. Yeah, in December, he offered an open edition of three works priced at $969 a piece. In five minutes, 601 sold, totaling $582,000. The same auction included 20 unique digital artworks, which made a total of $2.2 million. This is according to a Bloomberg article from February 18th. So these pieces of art don't exist in the real world. They only exist in the primary world, the digital world. And this auction that is about to happen, I think, is a huge step in the public's acceptance of that fact, that the physical world does not matter anymore. Not only are these pieces of art only digital, the money that is used to pay for them because they exist on a blockchain is Ethereum. It's a cryptocurrency which then gets translated back into dollars. But eventually we're going to have a world where dollars don't exist and we're only using cryptocurrencies to buy things online. There will never be physical money again. We're, I mean, I haven't touched a fucking bill in like two years. I mean, okay. You, what, you got a laundry machine? Daddy Warbucks over here. <laughs> I do. I, I got a coins. And a dryer. I got coins for my... My hoi polloi communal laundry machine. <laughs> uh, no, I do think we are going more towards currency being digital for sure. And how this relates to Bachelor Nation is we are going more toward everything being digital. And the Bachelor itself, the relationships that we have with any of these players, with the show, with the scandal that's going on, None of these things are actual to any of us. They only exist on screens. They are only digital representations of whatever is happening. And the acceptance of that, these shows as real people, these relationships that we have with them parasocially as being meaningful to us is a very similar thing to what's happening with these NFTs right now. There is no original piece of physical art. There is only the digital representation of it. I have been to a women tell all and I have been to an after the final rose. So I did experience this art in real life. Um, but yes, I, I do admit it's a rarity. <laughs> <laughs> now who's daddy Warbucks? <laughs> Pays case in the document, baby. Find me. But I just wanted to bring this up because I think that it's not a thing a lot of people are aware of, but it's happening no. starting today. That auction starts at Christie's and runs for two weeks. I am very curious to see how much money this piece makes. I'm guessing it's going to be 50 to $100 million. And there are going to be huge news stories written about what does this mean for the art world? What does it mean for finance? What does it mean for the nature of collectible digital tokens? Are people printing out the Beeple crap painting? Yeah, you can print out prints of it and shit if you want. But, I mean, are people who are buying this, are they mostly just keeping it in the computer? 
or are they manifesting it into the real world? No, I think they mostly keep it in the computer. It's mm. like anybody who's an art collector. You don't display every piece of art that you buy. It's like an investment. You collect these things mm, and then you Daddy will Warbucks sell them explains. to this, sell them to that. I display all my art. <laughs> I don't even have any. All the art in my house is like shit I've made. But I'm saying like high-end art collectors, the people who really fuel that industry, the super rich, they don't display everything. Are you kidding everything. me? All art you've made? What about Munica? I have one piece that I did buy as part of my collection, and I do display it very proudly. This is a painting done by a night one girl. A night one girl? The night one girl. You're talking about Alex Dillon, who dressed up as a sloth and played the role of a sloth the entire night one in season 23, Colton Underwood, yes. including talking slowly and moving slowly. This was commitment to a taught we have never seen before. And we haven't seen since. You know what? Actually, we have. There was the guy who kept his mask on for a really long time. Do you remember this? That was Bachelorette. A mask ain't a full body sloth costume. I'm <laughs> sorry. <laughs> we digress, though. NFTs. I mean, I feel like we've been seeing this. I've been seeing this a lot on Etsy. Is that like a lot of art? It's just the digital file. And then you get it made somewhere else actually printed so i've been seeing that trend in the uh crafts arena Not but the brag. actual printing is a thing that's disappearing with this it's the idea that you can mm. generate this digital object which really this has been going on in video games for a little while where you could pay real world money for in-game items like in world of warcraft or whatever and in some cases, people were paying huge amounts of money to get like a special sword or a special mount or whatever in any of these video games. And now we're seeing this idea of the importance or the value of purely digital items is starting now to come into the art world. And what does that mean? Once this thing that has primarily been an industry run on the acquisition of objects, paintings, sculptures, whatever the art piece may have been, now we're going to see an artist make significant money for something that doesn't technically exist in the physical world. That is just a digital file. I have felt that guilt because I have put a little bit of real world money into Pokemon Go. And I've been like, I am paying for what? The ability to get fake Pokemon in my phone. <laughs> You've put a little bit of money. I don't even want to tell you how much money I spent on Pokemon Go when I was oh, at I was wondering the height like, what of is, my mania. What with made it. you think it was an addiction? The real, the money, probably. No, I was playing it every day, like a lot. I would go to the fucking pier in Santa Monica at night and just fucking roam it for hours. I went to fucking Chicago for Pokemon oh, Go yeah. Festival, the first one, which was like. I forgot about that. It was that. basically uh, <laughs> lauded as the fire festival of, of fucking video games. It was so bad. Wow, you were there. I was buying $100 worth of Pokecoins probably every three weeks or something. And then I bought tickets to Chicago. I bought tickets to that event. Okay, I feel I mean, a lot it was better. fucking, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> but I haven't played it in a long time, and I'm very thankful that I have kicked that habit. But that is the state of the world. We are moving into this digital existence faster and faster with every passing day. And keep your eye on this Beeple Crap NFT auction at Christie's over the next couple of weeks 
because again, I think it is going to be a staggering amount of money and this conversation about like, I don't get it. There's no painting. It's just a file. That's going to be foremost in kind of art and culture critic news coming right up. Yeah. I mean, I feel like we've already seen that when people spent all that money for that duct tape banana, right? But that was an actual object. Something else that's interesting about this is celebrities are starting to cash in on it. Logan Paul has sold a bunch of NFTs that he made for millions of dollars. And Lindsay Lohan right now is trying to sell an NFT that is, it's claimed to be made by Daft Punk. And I think she's looking for a million dollars or something for it as well. So will we start to see... Say no more. I'm on board. (laughs) That's all it took. (laughs) But will we now start to see some players in our beloved game creating NFTs and will I be forced to buy them all? Will that become my new addiction? The pit gallery will be digital. I mean, I'll have to have some NFTs in it for sure. Night one, guys and gals out there. Start creating. Start making some corn <laughs> for Bachelor Clues. <laughs> uh, that is it for State of the World. <laughs> State of the World felt like a scream from the pit this week. A lot of things are feeling like screams from the pit this week. <laughs> but now we are going to move on to that segment of the show where we talk about what is going on with all the Instagram numbers for the players of this season. This is... This week in games. As you know, we have been charting the ratings of the show and the Instagram gains of all of the players for this season. Let's dive in. The eighth week of Matt James's historic season, which was the first week in playoffs, saw a significant loss in ratings from last week. The game pulled in a 1.26 in the key demo of adults 18 to 49 down about 12.5% from last week, and the total viewers dropped to 5.4 million, which was down almost 2% from last week. It seems people are losing steam on this season that has been completely overshadowed by the ongoing racism scandal swirling around the lead player, Rachel Kirkconnell, and the disgraced host, Chris Harrison. But as always, ABC still did win Monday night, and The Bachelor was a big piece of that victory against the other networks. Now let's talk Instagram gains of the season, 25 players, and we're going to start with the lead himself. Matt James, our 25th Bachelor, is up 30K, bringing him to a total of 923,000 new followers. He's been putting in 30K gains for the past several weeks, and if he keeps that pace, we could see him joining the Million Club at the season finale. If he can manage to boost his gain rate, we might see it happen even sooner. That feat would make him only the second black player in history to accrue 1 million Instagram followers behind Tasha Adams, who blazed a trail as the second Bachelorette to wear the crown in the most recent broken season 16 of The Bachelorette. Now for the top five follower gains from February 17th last week when we last recorded to today when we're recording Wednesday, February 24th. Coming in at number one, the gold medal. Michelle Young takes first place in gains this week, narrowly edging out last week's gold medalist, Rachel Kirkconnell. Young brought in an impressive 46,000 new followers to her flaw- for her flawless hometown performance. That included a take your bachelor to work, followed by a child's play. 
With only 10 posts on her Instagram main grid, Young now sits at 147,000 followers total. And we are very excited to see just how high she can get this number as she heads into the second round of playoffs next week. Second place this week goes to skydiving survivor Rachel Kirkconnell. Despite the controversy surrounding racist activity in her past, she has managed to secure 45,000 new followers this week, establishing herself as the top IG player from this season so far with 434,000 total followers. At this point, I think it's a safe (laughs) assumption that she is the ring winner of the season and her gains are only going to increase through the final rounds. The only question seems to be if she will be able to maintain these gains or if she will see them dissipate as Bachelor Nation doesn't seem to be able to divert their attention away from the scandal with her at the center. Oh, my God. I don't even know how to continue. Yeah, the voice could not hold up for those long paragraphs. (laughs) It was fucking insane. Uh, <laughs> oh, shit. That was fucking crazy. You look like right. you're red in the face, out of breath. I am. My fuck. the veins in my neck are throbbing from that. You know, podcasting's tough work. It can be if you do it right. <laughs> little, little known fact. <laughs> Bree Springs finds herself with the... Bronze medal in games this week with 38,000 new followers. Curious to know more about her after turning in a solid performance on her adventure off-roading hometown date and bench zone love level three race. Springs sits at 159,000 total Instagram followers and we expect big things from her in next week's fantasy suite round. Gone, but not forgotten. Fimpro's recipient, (laughs) Abigail Herringer, winds up in fourth place this week with 33,000 new followers, bringing her up to 375,000 total in what is shaping up to be a solid base for an upcoming Paradise run that could very well find her in the One Million Club by this time next year. Touch sand. I mean, she's in contention again for the crown. I've been seeing those videos flying around that are like, it's Katie, her, and Michelle are kind of the Mm -hmm. discussion, I suppose, that's happening, which obviously producers are having somewhere. I have not seen her mentioned in those videos. Mm. Wait, what what are these videos? It's like some random person on TikTok is like, (laughs) (laughs) these are the three ones they're talking about? No, I don't know. There's like, Bachelor fan take. I watched one of his videos. There was something mentioning mm. it in there. I don't know because they all kind of blur okay. together in my mind. But those are the three that I've seen mentioned multiple times. Right. I mean, I just how is this season going to play out? Are they going to announce it after the final rose? Is someone other than Chris Harrison going to announce the next lead, which has never happened? <sighs> so much. No, it has happened. Claire Crawley was announced on Good Morning America by not Chris Harrison. Hmm. That's true. I forgot about that silhouette. How could you forget? We sat on my goddamn couch at 6 a.m. or whatever. We could watch it live. 
The good old we did days. a poll. We were like, should we do an Instagram live of our reactions to the Bachelorette announcement at 6 a.m.? And everyone said yes. And so we did it. And it was very early. Yeah, should we torture ourselves for your entertainment? Yeah. Yes. I was like, click okay, yes. We'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Back to Goons. And locking down the fifth place spot this week is affluent New York socialite Kit Keenan. This week, after her bold self-elimination, she saw a gain of 23000 taking her to 295 k total on the cusp of that 300 k club. Like Herringer, it's our belief that Keenan is set up for an impressive run in Bachelor in Paradise and could see well over 1 million followers if she plays her sand right. Other notable gains this week included Serena Pitt. She hauled in 18.9 thousand new members in her parasocial club for her knock-knock elimination this week. Katie Thurston raked in 15,000 new followers in the face of an uncertain future as the crown. She has the second highest total follower count from this season at 407,000 followers. And Chelsea Vaughn is still managing to make some meaningful gains with 7.5K this week, bringing her to 74.7K total. Congrats, Chelsea. And this week, the smallest gain crown goes to provocateur Anna Redman. She lost 1,600 followers. But that puts us with a slight alteration to the top five Instagram chart for this season. We've had a little shakeup. Rachel Kirkconnell took the top spot from Katie Thurston. She now has 434,000 Instagram followers. Katie Thurston is in second place with 407. Abigail Herringer still in third with 375. Kit Keenan at 295. And despite losing 1,000 followers herself this week, Sarah Trott still has fifth place locked down with 192,000 followers. These are all significantly higher than the men's numbers for Bachelorette. And now before we get into all of that juicy news, please enjoy this word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Football is back. And the best bet you can make is downloading the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It doesn't matter if you're new to gambling or an old pro, FanDuel has something for everyone. And as an official sports betting partner of the NFL, you know your bets are safe. There's also never been a better time to use FanDuel because right now you'll get up to $1,000 back if your first bet doesn't win. You can even turn a small wager into a big payday with a same-game parlay bet. Just sign up with the promo code SPOTIFY to place your first bet risk-free on FanDuel Sportsbook. Download FanDuel today. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. Refund issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. This episode is brought to you by HP+. In a world full of smart devices, shouldn't your printer be smart too? It is with HP+. These printers know when they're running low, so you always get the ink you need delivered right when you need it. Plus, you save up to 50% on ink, so you can print whatever you want, as much as you want, any time you want. Huh, that is pretty smart. 
Get six free months of instant ink when you choose HP+. Conditions apply. Visit hp.com slash smart for details. First up in Bachelor Nation news, Rachel Lindsay might actually be hosting After the Final Rose. In an article that appeared in Us Weekly this week, it has been confirmed that ABC and Warner Brothers want Lindsay to take on hosting duties for the final episode of the season, and they have talked to her about her level of interest. Lindsay is currently considering the job, but wants to make sure that if she were to step into the Dark Lord's chair, the show would include a much-needed conversation about race and representation in the overall franchise. No final decision has been made by the network and studio or Lindsay but the public seems to be making their opinion on the matter known in the comments of the Instagram post or this Us Weekly article. We are going to read a few for you now. These are not cherry-picked. These are the most recent comments in the order in which they appear with no omissions. Quote, I honestly might stop watching if she becomes the host. God, please no. So she pushes out Chris Harrison and takes his place? Got it. If she does, I will stop watching. Enough of this crap. Bring Chris Harrison back. No thanks. I am so sick of this woman. Oh my god, no thank you. She's already done enough. She needs to go away. No. I don't want to hear negativity. I won't be watching then. I won't be watching until Chris Harrison is back. They are going to loose a lot of followers. I think this will be the end of the all caps Bachelor franchise. Never will watch her ever, ever. I will no longer watch. She divides people and pushes her own agenda. No thank you. White hand emoji, thumbs down. This is my nightmare. Go away, can't stand her. Who the fuck does she think she is? I will never watch again if she becomes the host. So she got the man fired so she could take his job? No thanks. Hashtag I stand with Chris. Please no. This franchise is over. Barf, no, bring in Wells Adams. Hashtag Wells for host. And these are just comments in the order they appear. We're not skipping over any comments that are in support of Rachel Lindsay. There are none. And this is on the official Us Weekly page again. If you go to look at this post, feel free to scroll through if you like. I mean, that's definitely the audience, maybe the audience of Us Weekly. It's a specific subset of internet culture. It's clear that that sentiment exists and exists in a large percentage of the population, large enough that we, in scrolling, you cannot find a supportive comment. It's all this. The amount of hate for Rachel Lindsay is astounding and horrifying and... I don't know. I don't know how she does this. We'll see. I mean, I can tell you this. Whoever steps into that role after the final rose... It may be an interim thing. They only do after the final rose. Maybe Chris Harrison comes back. Maybe it's even a different host. But I do think whoever is doing after the final rose, it is an audition for hosting the rest of the series. Yeah. If it's done well, that person can step into it. Who are the other people in the conversation? I have no fucking idea. There's no YouTube videos amalgamation <laughs> you made in your head? <laughs> there Michael probably Strahan? are. I just haven't seen them. I've been too busy looking at my NFT tokens. Yeah, Strahan, maybe. I don't know. He's got hosting chops, obviously. That would be somebody from outside the franchise, but who is still a, a kind of Chris Harrison-esque TV host. I don't. I honestly don't know. From within the franchise, 
I hate to say it, Rachel Lindsay's like the only one who's up to snuff, I feel like. Yeah. I don't I just haven't seen anybody else who they've given these small opportunities. Sean Lowe hosted like a, a show that was that came on after The Bachelor where they talked about it for a little mm-hmm. while. Wells Adams has stepped in and done some kind of you know, tittered around it as the bartender in um Paradise. We've seen Ben Higgins doing the after the, the live show. Yeah, the live show. I just, like none of them are good at it. Rachel Lindsay, though, is like she's fantastic on all of her podcasts. She is very good on extra as an interviewer. I think she has the skills to actually do this job. She's also the victim of this horrific Chris Harrison conversation. So in some way, if she is hosting the After the Final Rose, it is a form of reparations. Well, and we know that the show loves to put their victims up on a pedestal. They love to destroy people so that they yeah. can then make them, them in the their, hot seat. their leads. So I don't know. I mean, maybe that's all a part of this. Like, there's just no way of knowing. Anything that we say about this right now is conjecture. But the clock is yeah. ticking. That episode's going to be on TV in less than a month. I just can't. I can't see them picking a white dude to do this. I just think they can't do that at this point but i agree so then who are your choices from within the nation it's rachel Lindsay, tasha you can throw in there mike johnson i mean mike, i oh god yeah. mike johnson mike johnson would be amazing could that ever happen could it ever happen in a million years i mean he's got that ten thousand watt smile he'd be great i'm saying will the show do that because you know, know he's not going to fucking play by the rules. He's going to ask every question he wants to fucking ask. And every contestant who goes on The Bachelor is going to be like, actually, I want the host. I don't know. Time's going to tell on this one, and it's a very short amount of time. So all the conjecture <laughs> we are throwing out right now is like, I'm going to just wait on this one. I have no strong prediction because I just We can't. have been discussing whether you think DLH is stepping down. I have been like, he's not coming back clues you've been more thinking maybe he will come back how are you feeling on it now i think it's less likely because this scandal is not going away it is every week there's some new player talking about it the we're going to get to something in the parasocial plays and it was the clip that i played at the beginning of this episode it's like players aren't letting up and really that to me is the biggest indicator of why he might not be able to come back is because the player's won't let him back. Fire Chris Harrison has trended Monday night this week and last week on Twitter. ABC can kneel to that or not. That's a different whole thing of like every player from the season issuing an Instagram post. Ivan Hall saying he won't go on Paradise of Chris Harrison. That shit is, that's a different level of the players holding the show accountable. Yeah, I we'll talk about it. But this video from Ivan to me was like he's done I feel like Ivan has his finger on the pulse a little bit about this and it's just such a strong play like I'm, well, I'm getting ahead of myself we'll talk about it yeah we'll get, get to it. it we'll get to it <laughs> let's when finish we get to the, the Bachelor news <laughs> the controversy surrounding everything in the world of the Bachelor right now is obviously the biggest news but our second piece of news has <laughs> nothing to do with the controversy. Or does it? I don't think so. It is about 
Dale Moss and Claire Crawley, they are back together again. After taking the entirety of Bachelor Nation on a wild parasocial thrill ride last week with Instagram story posts depicting dinners and pedicures together, this week they left no doubt in anyone's minds that they are back together and thriving. Pictures and video surfaced of the couple this week spending the day together on a beach in Florida where they engaged in what can only be described as conclusive PDA that included kissing on the lips, caressing of buttocks, and even Crawley winding up to give Moss a well-deserved spanking. (laughs) Through this timely reunion, Moss and Crawley have managed to flex their parasocial power to do something no other players in our beloved game have been able to do. They wrestled the spotlight away from the current racism scandal that has dominated the Bachelor Nation news cycle every day since Harrison's infamous interview with Lindsay on Extra. We don't know how long they will be able to captivate Bachelor Nation, but we are excited to watch them try. Thoughts? <laughs> I am stunned into silence with my weeping about hashtag Day's case being over. Uh, no, the thing I was referencing earlier was this <laughs> uh, conspiracy theory online that Clail are being paid to distract from Chris Harrison's scandal, which I don't believe, but it's funny to think about because they they're making the news, they're making these headlines. There's all these articles about their posts. They're doing something right. It's fantastic, and we'll get to it in parasocial plays as well. But Dale Moss is rejuvenated by all of this. His parasocial power oh, is. Yeah. Off the fucking charts again. He's got the twinkle He's in his electric. eye back. <laughs> you know, he actually wouldn't be a bad choice to replace DLH. I think he's too much persona non grata in Bachelor Nation for what he did to Claire. But And the show. I yeah, agree. I he agree. Would, he would be a good host. Our next piece of Bachelor Nation news involves... The tandem instructor who crashed into the ground with Rachel Kirkconnell on her hometown date this week. Unconfirmed reports are starting to emerge on both Bachelor Nation and skydiving threads on Reddit that seem to be pointing to the instructor's mother owning the drop zone where they landed. What's more, the instructor, whose full name is not yet known, Bachelor Clues' Jorge Moreno bystander of the week, seems to have suffered a serious injury that required a cast and crutches, possibly to his ankle. The information on this event is, again, unconfirmed, but we hope that more will come to light in the coming days. Players are constantly forced into situations that can produce serious injury, and it seems that Kirkconnell herself might have sustained more damage than we were led to believe. She admitted on camera that she was using makeup to cover bruises, but more unconfirmed reporting is starting to emerge that suggests she laid on the ground motionless for several minutes after the initial impact, and the conversation she had with James came only after a medical team treated her, and the producers reset the scene to make it look less severe than it actually was. Again, all of this is unconfirmed, but it is starting to pop up in multiple places, and I think after an event like that, certainly they would have sent in a medical crew to check her out, 
and then they would have to mm-hmm. reset the scene. I mean, when Matt James runs over to start talking to her, the instructor, who also hit the ground very hard, is disappeared. He's just gone from that shot. So at the very least, they would have had to take time to unstrap Kirkconnell from that instructor yeah. to get the instructor out of there, the parachute, whatever. There's a huge amount of time that takes place that is just missing in the edit. And they her gave hair us. looks different. Like when she first crashes, her hair's all fucked up. And then in that conversation, it looks like it's been redone. So we don't know what the truth is here, but there is more to this story. And I, at the very least, am going to keep looking in these skydiving threads. I mean, (laughs) I love that you're skydiving Reddit right now. (laughs) I mean, it was interesting. A lot of the stuff that I was reading in these skydiving threads and on some of it, it was like skydiving message boards, not even on Reddit. I was on other websites they are deep in the pit it it was actually deep out of the pit i got a little jaunt into the skydiving world it was kind of fun (laughs) but a lot of these other people who are skydiving instructors and stuff are posting the video and analyzing it and really critiquing that instructor's i guess skydiving method and saying that it was bad and that it's giving these what are called ti's tandem instructors a bad name and this guy should have his license revoked, blah, blah, blah. That's like every comment under these videos. So Wow. It definitely doesn't make me want to skydive. <laughs> Nonetheless, we are going to continue to keep an eye on this story to see if any information uh, comes out about who this person is and what the injuries actually were that were incurred. Moving on to our next piece of Bachelor Nation news. It involves, at least in some way, Hannah Brown. Hannah Brown's brother is dating Jed Wyatt's ex-girlfriend. Patrick Brown, who has 23.3 thousand Instagram followers, and Haley Stevens, who has 51.8 thousand followers on her lyrics and lipstick handle on Instagram, got together to celebrate her birthday this week, and they issued a series of Instagram main grid posts and stories to share the celebration with their audiences. Stevens gained parasocial notoriety in season 15 of The Bachelorette when it was revealed that ring winner Jed Wyatt was dating her up until the night he left to start shooting that season. Brown saw his parasocial status climb from intermittent guest appearances in his sister's social media posts, including a background role in the now infamous Hannah Brown inward Instagram live video. The union of these two Bachelor Nation peripheral soulmates proves that even being tangentially related to the player dating pool can yield beneficial relationships. Is it strange at all that these two are dating? Hannah Brown's brother, Jed Wyatt's ex-girlfriend. Like it's, okay, it's Hannah Brown's (laughs) brother is dating Jed Wyatt's ex-girlfriend. So what is that? I'm trying to put myself in the role of any of them and I don't understand If your sister... was the Instagram queen of Bachelor Nation and she got engaged to someone and his ex-girlfriend, you then date that person. So I'm dating the ex... Wait, I'm dating... Okay, so my sister... The ex of your sibling's ex-fiance. My sister dates... It's like if I dated somebody and then their sibling... Wait. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like when you say Hannah Brown's brother's dating okay. Jed White's ex-girlfriend, it's like, wait a minute, is that weird? I but then you start trying to, to do the math and you're someone. like, I don't know. <laughs> okay, I used to date someone and now I'm dating 
the person who that person wait okay i'm putting myself in dead wyatt's ex-girlfriend's place so i dated this man yes and now i am dating his ex-fiance's brother yeah it's too many degrees it is I feel like it's surprising, but I think it it's not <laughs> it's not like you're fucking your sibling. It's, it's not incestuous. No. No, I don't think so. Look, whatever the case may be, we're happy for them. <laughs> we're we're glad that they found somebody during the fucking pandemic and they can share a moment of happiness together no matter what whose sister is who and whose ex is what and all that shit. Congratulations to the two of you. We you are glad what? that somehow Bachelor Nation has brought you together. Again, I would love to hear about this on Jed Talks whenever we get that. Next up in Bachelor Nation news... Congratulations to Leslie Murphy. She and her fiance, Alex Kavanaugh, had a baby girl, Nora Blanc, on February 12th, 2021. Murphy was the fifth place player on Sean Lowe's Mount Rushmore season and went on to date Dean Unglert, a.k.a. Deanie Babies, on Bachelor Winter Games. And they broke up after the show. Murphy has 401,000 followers. Very strong parasocial play for a fifth place finish from long ago. Congratulations to Leslie Murphy and her new family. And finally, in Bachelor Nation news, we're taking a trip down memory lane with a little segment we are calling This Week in Bachelor History. Five years ago this week, one of the most Christian bachelors of all time, Benjamin Higgins rocked Bachelor Nation with a double LL4 raise on two players in the same week. The priest of baby sea turtles professed his love to both of his finalists, Lauren Bushnell and Jojo Jojo Fletcher, during the fantasy suite round of playoffs in his season. All three of these players have since gone on to achieve massive parasocial standing in their post-game careers. Higgins has 1.3 million followers. Lauren Bushnell Lane has 1.4 million, and Fletcher, of course, has recently taken the second place spot on the all-time Instagram chart away from Tyler Cameron with her climb to 2.3 million, where she sits comfortably behind only the queen herself, Hannah Brown, who is at 2.6 million. I loved that trip down memory lane. (laughs) Who could forget (laughs) that infamous Love Level 4 raise, which, by the way, had been done before in what, season 8? I think that was the first one. But it had not been done for many, many years. That's why it was so unexpected and gave Jojo Fletcher one of the strongest victimization storylines that we've ever seen in our beloved game. And now it is time for us to move into the next segment of the show where we break down the top plays, not in game, but out of game. In that digital world, that primary world, that world full of NFTs, this is the parasocial play, 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 play of the week. First up in 
parasocial plays of the week, it's hometowns week. So we are looking out for the best parasocial plays in conjunction with this first glorious week of playoffs. Michelle Young did so expertly by taking to her historically sparse main Instagram grid to post a perfectly parallel hometowns post, a collage of images of her child students with a photo of herself in the center. The caption reads, Shout out to a few special MVPs from tonight's episode. Face with hearts around it emoji, apple emoji, pencil emoji. A couple members of the child army point to their Team Miss Young t-shirts they're wearing in these photos. The image itself has 54,137 likes and 1,097 comments. I briefly talked about this during our game breakdown this week, but I love this play by Michelle Young. It was one of the strongest crown parasocial plays that I've seen. It's extremely 4TRR. It hits that she's a professional. It hits, you know, don't we want to see these kids again, maybe in a subsequent season of The Bachelorette? We are really seeing this season for the first time this kind of open synergy between playing in-game and what you're doing parasocially. Michelle Young, Katie Thurston, Chelsea Vaughn, there have been a bunch of players this season that are posting stuff to their social media that is in tandem with whatever's happening in the show. It is fucking brilliant to watch happen because it really is this transition into the professional era this is what we're going to see now again and again and again from here until the end of the bachelor yeah and we've seen it with specifically i'm remembering cassandra suarez did her tiktok video about her getting kicked off chelsea vaughn does it almost every week like this is what happened in the group date etc perfectly played Next up, a parasocial play we want to highlight comes from Alexis Waters. Now, some of you may not know who that is, but she was the dolphin slash shark trick-or-treat from Nick Vial's Historic Season 21. She lives in Dallas, Texas, and she made a two-part post to her main grid this week. The first is a glam shot of her in a red dress. The second part of the video is Waters talking directly to camera in a pure parasocial gaze saying... Ted Cruz goes to Cancun while we're struggling? I didn't eat for two days, Ted Cruz. The caption reads, My podcast studio is flooded. The post office is not taking any more mail. The gym has no power. The grocery stores are still not stocked. And my pharmacy is temporarily shut. So I'm seven days off birth control. Anybody who comes for me about politics, just know I didn't know the difference (laughs) between a senator and a governor until yesterday. But if you want to come for me, I have time today. The post has 4,690 likes. I truly enjoyed all of the meme content making fun of this error, huge error by Ted Cruz this week. And I was delighted to see this Alexis Waters video. I didn't expect it because as she notes, she normally stays out of politics, but I LOL'd. Very strong play from her and... We, of course, wish everyone who is going through it right now in Texas and in other parts of the country due to 
climate change. Uh, we hope that they are all making it through as okay as they possibly can be. Next up in our parasocial plays this week, Dale Moss posted an Instagram reel of himself. He is just wearing a shirt, socks and sneakers, and no pants. And he shouts at a friend of his about presumably some piece of furniture they are moving. He shouts, what bedroom are we putting this in? It's a very short video. And he put a little Winnie the Pooh sticker in the bottom right corner of it. And the caption says, am I doing this right at Clay Hazel 007? This very short video has 589,000 views, 17.9K likes. And beyond that, it has something else. It has that sparkle. It has that Dale Moss power surging through it like electricity. The man (sighs) is fucking back. Gone are the days when he's just posting a fucking straight picture of Bernie Sanders sitting in the chair with the mittens, not even making a meme of it. He Mm -hmm. is fucking back at a high level. That was his low point, in my opinion, parasocially. It was the worst thing I've seen him do. And when he and Claire were broken up, he was not the same Dale Moss. He is back in that relationship. All of his fucking powers are just firing at top level in this post. It is hilarious. It is vaguely sexual because he has on no pants. He knows Mm -hmm. what he's doing here. He is really working his parasocial audience with this video. And the numbers back that up, obviously. But it's just good to see the man back doing what he's very good at doing. I agree. And our next parasocial play that we want to highlight is a very important one, especially in context of what's going on in Bachelor Nation right now. Matt James makes the list by breaking his silence on the scandal that is tearing Bachelor Nation apart by finally posting some words on his Instagram main grid. I'm going to read you this entire post because it is extremely important. It reads, The past few weeks have been some of the most challenging in my life, and while there are several episodes left of the season, it's important that I take the time to address the troubling information that has come to light since we wrapped filming including the incredibly disappointing photos of Rachel Kirkconnell and the interview between Rachel Lindsay and Chris Harrison. The reality is that I'm learning about these situations in real time, and it has been devastating and heartbreaking, to put it bluntly. Chris's failure to receive and understand the emotional labor that my friend Rachel Lindsay was taking on by graciously and patiently explaining the racist history of the antebellum South, a painful history that every American should understand intimately, was troubling and painful to watch. As black people and allies immediately knew and understood, it was a clear reflection of a much larger issue that the Bachelor franchise has fallen short on addressing adequately for years. This moment has sparked critical conversations and reporting, raised important questions, and resulted in inspiring displays of solidarity from the Bachelor nation. It has also pushed me to reevaluate and process what my experience on The Bachelor represents, not just for me, But for all of the contestants of color, especially the black contestants of this season and seasons past, and for you, the viewers at home, I will continue to process this experience and you will hear more from me in the end. My greatest prayer is that this is an inflection point that results in real and institutional change for the better. Powerful words from Matt James on the current scandal at the heart of Bachelor Nation. I was surprised he mentioned Chris Harrison by name. Often we've seen these posts sort of dance around it. And he supports Rachel Lindsay, who, as we talked about earlier in this episode, 
is not liked by a percentage of Bachelor Nation. And he is calling for change from the producers. And he's telling us he's got more to say on this. And we know that this statement was approved by ABC, by Warner Brothers, by the producers. They very likely held him back from responding just as they did Kirkconnell. And I'm curious to know what he's going to be able to say when his NDA is up. Yeah, I mean, specifically that fact that they cut Matt James talking about his own story dealing with hair as a black man in conversation with Chelsea Vaughn. I'm like, how many of those things did they cut out during his season? I don't know. He's in a, as much as I think he's very much this (laughs) cake in the face of Tyler Cameron frat boy, he's also, he also is taking on a lot in being this role and specifically being this role during this time. That's the thing to me that is mind-blowing about this. Think whatever you want about Matt James, his personal politics, his frat boy behavior. We did a, mm-hmm. a piece on... His open-eyed um, kissing, his turtleneck. His open-eyed kissing. We had an episode earlier this year, this season, about um, where we broke down an interview that was done with an old roommate of his. He was not very nice to her. Mm-hmm. Again, think what you want about any of that. But the bottom line is, he's the first Black Bachelor the weight of this entire franchise is put on his shoulders during this season. And the producers have organized this season to crumble under him. It is no longer about him and his identity or the journey for love. It's all about this racism scandal. It's all about Rachel Kirkconnell and Chris Harrison now. And so whatever he might be outside of the show, within the context of this, he is the target of all of this shit. Unfairly so, obviously. And it's because the producers have tried to design a season where racism would be a plot. And while this move of solidarity with the rest of the players of season 25, most of them, with the solidarity of the male players from Clarentatio's Bachelorette season, it was a, a strong play. It does read as... You know, he probably had to get approval for this. And a play that I don't think got any approval is our parasocial play of the week winner, Ivan Hall. He went on E! News Daily Pop Show, where two interviewers asked him about Chris Harrison taking a step back and if that was the right move. We played his response at the beginning of this episode, basically saying, He thinks Chris made the right move, and if they have future shows, he wouldn't feel comfortable going on them, a.k.a. Bachelor in Paradise. Ivan is one of the people from the last Bachelorette season who is set to get high sand placement on Bachelor in Paradise. Him going on the news and saying, I'm not going on BIP if Chris Harrison is the host is huge. He doesn't have that many followers, especially for a third place finish. He's at 161K. So by going out on this limb, he is potentially risking the future of his career if he does want to do the influencer thing. I know he has a real job. (laughs) Per his bachelorette bio, he is an aeronautical 
engineer, so maybe he doesn't need the spawn con. But all the same, he is risking this potential career and money by doing this. I thought it was pretty astounding. Bachelor in Clues and I have a little bit of a disagreement of whether it is a parasocial play because it was just on the news, but I would argue he is doing it direct to camera and it also is the biggest move by a Bachelor player this week. Um, not saying it's like Colin Kaepernick, but he is going out on this limb and risking his career in a sort of similar fashion. Yeah, super important play. Whether or not it's parasocial is like, eh. It wasn't made specifically for social media. It is just an interview, but you're right. Technically, it's parasocial in that he is direct addressing a screen. We are all watching that screen. But the impact of this play is fucking immeasurable because what he's doing here is not only stating his own opinion, his own stance that he will not appear on Bachelor in Paradise if Chris Harrison is the host. He has now inserted that idea into the minds of every other possible player who might get the Paradise call. Mm -hmm. And if you now go on Paradise with Chris Harrison as the host, an imaginary line has been drawn. What side of this thing are you on? Will you go on Paradise with Chris Harrison or will you not? Because Ivan just said he won't. Is this going to catch on and be like a you're crossing a picket line? Yes. To go on bed. I think it will. I absolutely think it will. I think what he's done here has pretty much negated the possibility of Chris Harrison showing up to host Paradise. I just think if Chris Harrison doesn't host Bachelorette and he doesn't host Paradise, he's out. Or he could come back fresh January 2022 for the new Bachelor. There are... I have no fucking idea what is going to happen with Chris Harrison's hosting duties on this show. This move also did remind me And look, Ivan doesn't have the clout of Rachel Lindsay at this point right now, but it did remind me of Rachel Lindsay's move to say, I will not be associated with this franchise if the next Bachelor isn't black. And you know what that produced? Maybe not entirely on its own, but that produced Matt James. And I will be curious to see if this move produces similar progressive results it's very fascinating everything that's happening right now and uh ivan fantastic fucking play whether it was purely parasocial or not this is a super (laughs) important thing and it it's seemingly happening like every week there's some super important thing that a player is doing to help shape where this game is headed and that ultimately is i think what has made all professional sports better is when you start to get players stepping up and saying like wait a minute you're treating us like shit and we're the ones who make this possible Mm -hmm. you got to stop treating us like shit now uh by the way if anybody is looking for this you can search e-news daily pop interview ivan hall uh date card pod also posted a clip of it on their main grid instagram page that's all the bachelor nation news gains parasocial plays fit to print in the digital world, the, arguably the primary universe, according to Bachelor Clues. According to me, <laughs> look, you, right now, anybody who's listening to this, they're not <laughs> sitting in a room with us. We are not physical. We are not real. We are just voices coming through the internet. 
You're saying we're not real. We are Pokemon. I know I'm not real. I have to put it all in terms you. of Pokemon or I won't understand. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I knew you were going <laughs> to jump on that and make me lose my train of thought. Uh, our next segment, something we do in almost every Twibbon. We are now going to venture to the deepest part of the pit where Bachelor Clues and I will be uh, issuing our official screams from the pit, which are our most troublesome relationship with the Bachelor franchise from that week. This is... Screams from the Pit! Clues, what you screaming about this week? Well... As you might be aware, there's some big news in Bachelor Nation over the past week, and I've been getting a lot of tids sent to me from people who are in the pit with us, and these are always on the fucking money. These are always exactly what I need to be seeing. These are <laughs> the small tids from the weird corners of the internet that give context to stories that mm-hmm. let me understand it from many different perspectives. Now, what has happened this week with the Bachelor Nation news is that it escalated to international news, which means all of my friends, family members, people in my life that I don't talk about The Bachelor with, but who know that I do a Bachelor podcast and I'm interested in it, all of these people began sending me the headlines of Chris Harrison Mm -hmm. fired from the show and all this shit. Holy shit, did you see this? Why did they fire him? Et cetera, et cetera. Asking me the most rudimentary questions about Uh this very complex situation that anyone is asking me. And I got for the first (laughs) time, really, since we've started doing this podcast, since we started writing the book and really gotten into the pit, I got for the first time this strange experience of people sending me like rudimentary level tidbits. And it was very hard for me to deal with because, for example, I had a friend who doesn't watch The Bachelor, didn't watch that clip, doesn't know who Rachel Corconnell is, didn't look oh at any God. of her Instagram likes or the antebellum ball photos, just sends me the headline. It's like, why did they fire Chris Harrison? And I'm just like, oh, Jesus. My first impulse was to write like a fucking 15 page email back to him explaining the entire history of the bachelor that led up to this point and like every fucking piece of it and i just had to like let it go i had to be like oh crazy i just wrote that and sent it back to him with no fucking explanation meanwhile it's like yeah dude i've been recording like a fucking hour and a half podcast two times a week about only this for the last since it happened covering it from every possible angle (laughs) like So I had to make this fucking kind of like line of demarcation in my mind of like, okay, these people I can interact with because they understand it at a high level and I can kind of skip the paraphrasing or any kind of like education on the subject. But like there's this group of friends that I just can't talk to about this. And all I'm going to write back to them is like, oh, this is nuts. Thanks for sending. And that's (laughs) it. You know? Yeah. I I mean, felt like um, this is going to sound crazy. But like what doesn't at this Mm -hmm. point on this podcast? This is the segment for that. I felt like I was a quantum physicist experimenting on like newfound subatomic particles like the Higgs boson (laughs) and shit. And my friends sent me something that's like, oh, did you read this thing about Isaac Newton said gravity exists? (laughs) Yeah, we got that one. We got it covered. It, It was just like so fucking far out of the realm of how deep I am into this 
yeah. that it it was crazy for me to even be like, oh yeah, some people don't know about any of this. Nor are they willing to even watch a 13-minute video to see what he said. They just read a headline and they're like, that's the thing. It's Bachelor. They're firing the host for some reason. Oh shit, I got to send this to fucking Chad because yeah. he watched well, I mean, Bachelor. <laughs> they're trying to connect with you, you know? They're like, oh, my friend Chad watches The Bachelor. He'll be into this. I can reach out. Yeah. It's, it was just, I my scream really is that. It doesn't that have to it, be horrifying. It can be cute. My scream really is that I've been aware of the fact, obviously, that we operate on a different level in terms of our understanding of this and the information we collect and, and process and all of that. This was different somehow because I got so much of it. Occasionally, mm-hmm. I'll get something from a friend that's like a surface level article about The Bachelor. Everybody that I know sent me this. <laughs> and it was just like, oh, fuck. How do I explain to like my fourth cousin that... I'm so deep in this oh, fucking wow. hole that they could never possibly understand it. I didn't. And I didn't say that. I just emailed them back. Oh, yeah, it's crazy. Wow, hadn't heard that. <laughs> <laughs> it's so fucking nuts. Like, I how mean, this became our lives. It's probably, you know, a form of self-care that you didn't get into it with every single person, you know. You're already covering it in numerous ways. There was a moment where I was like, ah, I could probably just write like a five page thing that explains it pretty well and just send that to all of them. Just like have that be mm-hmm. my standard reply. I, that thought went through my fucking head. Your little newsletter. Like, <laughs> on the Chris Harrison fucking scandal. Because I can't fucking like, I cannot revert back to that level of conversation about it. That is not possible for me. I am now at like, the level of conversation we have about it on the podcast or nothing. I cannot do small talk about The Bachelor like even remotely. Not even with people who are like, some of these people, like, yeah, they're fourth cousins and shit sending it to me. But some of them are people I've been friends with forever. Like, or you know, 20 fucking years. People I have conversations in depth about a lot of other things with. This one, I had to just be like, we can't talk about this. (laughs) Well, you can't because, I mean... I don't think I could have a conversation with anyone about this scandal if they hadn't watched the video. And getting somebody to watch a 13-minute video, that's just a non-starter. People won't do that. Yeah, totally. People want to read a headline, one or two sentences, watch a fucking one-minute TikTok video. Mm-hmm. That sh- I've been fucking getting into like TikTok heavy because I'm mm-hmm. trying to fucking bring our numbers up, as you know. What's the update on our TikTok? We're making TikToks. Go check it out, Game of Roses. We hope you'll enjoy. But I have been watching a lot of like um, TikTok channels where it's people giving you a history lesson or getting like really detailed about some subject for a minute. Mm-hmm. And it's just everything condensed to a minute. Like a minute long video is all you have now to explain hyper complex situations. Ideally, there are 15 talking about seconds. Physics. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And then it's like, like you're saying, it's like, not only do you have to watch a 13 minute video, you also have to know all the other shit that Rachel Kirkconnell was doing. You, you should hopefully know about it in context with who Rachel Lindsay is as a bachelorette, Mm -hmm. what her first season was like during Trump getting elected, like all of these pieces of it. It's so complex, the whole issue. And it gets boiled down to one headline, Chris Harrison fired for racist comments. And that's what gets sent to me. 
by my friends and it's like i can't i can't take them through the history of the bachelor i just can't do it (laughs) (laughs) well you know i'm glad that some good has come out of this scandal you're getting some socializing you're reconnecting with some old buds fourth cousins (laughs) (laughs) exactly um my scream from the pit this week also has to do with a short video Mm. but to set the scene i had my first covid scare this week um i have been extremely careful my covid protocol has been i haven't been indoors with anyone barely going to stores or grocery stores but i did go over to my friend's house last weekend and i hung out with her on their porch six feet away um had a great time but later that week this friend texted me that her boyfriend that she lives with tested positive for covid and mm, shit yeah i hadn't seen him i had used the bathroom in the house wearing a mask but to play it safe i started i canceled a couple of my other outdoor mast hangs that I had planned due to this. In the unlikely event, I had somehow picked up COVID being in their house or that my friend had it. I'm canceling my my <laughs> sad outdoor mast walks that I had planned for the week. And after I had done this, I watched that video of P.P., at a bar in New York. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have seen this video, but it is a packed bar. No one is wearing masks. Everyone is partying like it's 2019. And I felt so upset. I mean, I you know, I've been tracking a little bit of the the COVID boys and who's being corona casual, etc. in Bachelor Nation, but it didn't hit me like this like watching this video hit me i was deeply upset i want to go to the bar that pp was at i want to take shots and make out and freak dance with the locals etc whatever pp was doing i want to live that life was he making out in the video no freak dancing? no but i don't know i'm adding a little <laughs> color <laughs> probably was oh, probably see. that was the the yeah. deleted scenes. Um, and it just, I have, you know, we've even talked about it on this podcast that there's two different worlds. People are living as if COVID exists or as it doesn't exist. And I never felt this like, I felt like I was being gaslit watching this video. I'm like, I'm canceling my outdoor walk with my friend in the chance that I have picked up particles vapor from inside this house when I walked in in a mask and walked out Mm -hmm. (laughs) and PP is just maskless partying at a bar where it doesn't even look like COVID exists and it it struck a nerve 
Yeah. And this is my scream that I'm letting PP get to me. That Bachelor Nation, these videos of people you don't know and you will likely never meet mm-hmm. are somehow affecting your psychological state in yes. a negative way. It was an existential existential crisis for me. Yeah, that's a rough one. I think about it a lot, especially in terms of the fact that we are watching videos of them every week and then turning out four hours of content audio-wise about it per week and I'm turning out how many fucking memes and videos and all this kind of shit. It's the same thing. It's we're watching these people on a screen. What they do affects what we do, how we Mm -hmm. feel. This is the nature of the primary world now. Yeah, I just need to not use any more devices and then it won't affect me. Unfortunately, (laughs) that ain't gonna happen. (laughs) There was a post that was going around where it was like Kit's schedule. Did you see this? Kit Keenan? No. Oh, God. It was no. her like planned for the day, maybe. And part of it, <laughs> there was a bullet point that said 10 minutes of screen free time and people were making fun of it. But I was like, I, I get this. That's a lot of time. I don't have 10 minutes of screen free time, do I? What about yeah, your I run? I, I, yeah, my run, I don't look at a screen. Are you listening to music? To the gym in the early days. No, nothing. You run with just your thoughts? Yeah. Wow. I prefer it. Explains a lot. I have that. I do some meditation throughout the day. That's screen-free time. I probably am averaging hour, hour and a half of screen-free per day. Wow. Hashtag goals. Well, I hope that has made you feel better getting that scream off your chest. And I'm just wondering, as Badger Nation marches forward, as coverage continues to grow, just like it is, like we've predicted, as it becomes a professional sport, am I going to keep getting messages like that? I mean, it would be like messaging somebody who is an ESPN anchor who deals with the NFL a thing like two days after the Super Bowl and be like, hey, that was a crazy game, huh? I am certain they received those messages. So, yes. <laughs> I can't wait. I look forward to it. It's just the nature of the primary world, yeah. I suppose. But thank you, everyone, for joining us today for This Week in Bachelor Nation. And thank you for joining us in all of our episodes. As you know, we're going to be back next Tuesday with coverage of Fantasy Suite slash Women Tell All. I still don't know what this episode is. I don't know. Whatever it's going to be, we're covering it. We'll be back next Tuesday with that. And then, of course, next Thursday for another This Week in Bachelor Nation. We hope you will join us. Thanks to everybody who's down in the deepest part of the pit with us on our Patreon. We're constantly updating that with new content at all times. I've got some Hooju-specific content coming up that might find its way into the pit very soon. So hopefully you will all enjoy that as well. We'll be mounting that to our page shortly. And before we go, as always, what is the Dwob at? It has been 6,911 days without an Asian bachelor. Praise be Rachel Lindsay. Please rate this podcast. 
Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then. Creams and serums are made of 70% water, 15% preservatives and emulsifiers, leaving only around 15% for the active ingredients that your skin needs. But luckily now, there's fiber skincare. 15 years ago, the scientists behind Fiber Skincare started working on nanofibers, which are 500 times smaller than human hair. You know, I I saw that in um, Three Body Problem. Mm. One year ago, they patented a way of wrapping the nanofiber around oil or liquid-based ingredients. This means they can deliver five times the active ingredients compared to creams or serums, as there is no need for water, preservatives, or emulsifiers. The first formulation made with this technology is plant-based, anti-wrinkle. Uh, it's a set of patches that you use over a series of seven days. You just put these on whenever you would apply your serums and your skin is going to feel tighter in 10 seconds. And over the seven-day oh. program, it has been clinically proven to reduce wrinkles by, get this, 19.4%, a very precise percentage. In fact... Mm. They have a tighter skin guarantee. If your skin isn't tighter in seven days, they're going to give you your money back. No questions asked. You get the tighter skin guarantee with this seven-day routine. Tighter skin or your money back. Get a 15% discount code by using the discount code GAME. That's Fiber Skincare. Sweaters, candles, the dreaded bathrobe, unfortunately, Mother's Day gifts can be a little predictable and boring. That's why an Aura Frame is the perfect gift to mix things up this year. It was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter. Aura Frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. My mom loves hers. I'm throwing pictures of Skabuli and our cat up there. She's laughing. She's texting me. He's so cute. I wish I could meet him. Cute. It's the next best thing to, to meeting my cat, really. You know, I love that it was so easy to set it up. I've recently learned I'm not good at uh, building things and I need an easy install. And oh. this only takes about two minutes to set up the frame using the Aura app. Aura frames are Wi-Fi connected, come with unlimited storage so you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to your mom's frame. She'll be grateful it's not another sweater and she'll love the frame to see more of you. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A, Frames.com. Use code ROSES at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. <laughs> 